You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Oh, one of my coworkers tried to give me a pair of shoes the other day, and they were my size, but I couldn't get my ankles to them, so, because they don't bend right. I don't know what's wrong with your ankles. I really don't, but they, like, you've seen, and we've both tried to force them into yep. things. Her ankles are weird. They're wrong. Someone fucked them up. Literally, like, fucking Cinderella's sisters cutting the front of my toes off so I can fit into normal people's shoes. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, rip my ankle bones, I guess. <laughs> Potentially. I either have too many or not enough. Probably not enough. <laughs> All right. Now that we've talked yeah. five minutes about oh, Martha's wait. weird angles. I have a weird fact for you. It's not about sharks this week. Is it about your ankles? It's not about my ankles. <laughs> that was also a weird fact, but it's not like universal or interesting to everybody. It's just interesting to those of us who try to watch me jam my feet into <laughs> stupid shoes and then realize I can't. I wonder if that's a kink. <laughs> oh, well, if it is, hit me up on OnlyFans. The OnlyFans we don't have, but if you... <laughs> but if you're requesting it... Hey, you know... <laughs> If you are looking for a specific person with ankles that kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to watch a five minute video of me trying to put my foot into a strappy heel, I've got you. It's going to be $500. <laughs> um, but anyhow, my interesting fact that I found out this week that I was like, what the fuck? I'm really mad about this, but also it makes sense. Uh, so Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Except for don't taste the rainbow, because all Skittles actually have the same flavor. They're just scented differently. God. Well, I mean, you're it's the same reason like yeah. why you can't taste when you are, you're sick, because your mm-hmm. nose is stuffed up. It's all yeah. connected. Not only that, they're, like, scented one way, and because of the color, like, our brains yeah. put them in that place. I don't know. I So I haven't eaten Skittles in 100,000 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to eat them. No, I I like to eat them oh. in colors because no, I'm that type so. of a person. I also like to eat my M&Ms in colors when I was younger. Now I yeah, just eat them no. by the handful. Well, and I feel like if I'm, I'm only, if I'm eating Skittles, it's like the fun size. So mm-hmm. I'm just like. That's true. If I'm eating a fun size Skittles, they're all going in my mouth. Yeah. If I'm eating <laughs> a full size Skittles, I might sort them and then eat them by flavor. Yeah. But I might not do it anymore. And now there's now no I feel point like a dickhead. Because they're all this. the same flavor. Well, and I also used to bite them in half and then make like a lemon lime Skittle. Well, you itself. didn't because it's all the same. What exactly. is the flavor? Fruity? I don't know. <laughs> that, that part wasn't in the article. Fruit punch. Citrus flavor. Yeah. It's sweet candy well, flavor. The, stra- the like strawberry ones never tasted like strawberry. No, definitely not. It definitely is well, a citrusy flavor. That's how I got there. Because it was like, I read something where it was like strawberry flavor. And I was like, has it always been strawberry? Yeah, but it never, it never was. It never was cherry. And I was like, no, it wasn't. No. But, and then I looked it up and then I went down a weird hole where I found out that all Skittles are lies. I mean, 
there's worse things that could be lies. Yeah. No, like most everything else is lies too, but also like <laughs> I did feel a little betrayed by this. Mostly because I don't even think you liked fruity candies. I don't, but I spent a lot of time biting <laughs> Skittles into two pieces and then putting them into one and then eating that piece well, thinking that I was doing a great job. Did it seem like it was lemon lime to you? Yes. Then it worked. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. <laughs> It's all a placebo. It's fine. The mind is crazy things, Martha. Crazy, crazy things. It started at the mind does crazy things and so does Skittles. And now this ended at and your, your brain ankles. is really dumb. Oh, my ankles. <laughs> my ankles don't do crazy things because they barely do anything. They bend like half of one way and half of another. All right, I guess we should get started. Yeah. What episode are we on? 58. And we're over 2,000 downloads. <gasps> wow. Wow. But yeah, so 58. <laughs> I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. <laughs> and this is But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. I'm just watching your fingers so I don't <laughs> fuck it up. Don't do it until she does it. I know. Don't do it until she does it. <laughs> when to do it. But also, what if I don't? God damn it. What are we talking about today, Martha? What am I talking about this week? I don't think you'll be surprised really at all. Uh, you know who else would not be surprised at all? Ransom! He would not because <laughs> we've been watching Static Shock for a while now. And that's going to be my topic for today. So today I'm talking about <laughs> Static Shock and how fucking great it is. And how, like smart and interesting it was for it. I had to rewatch it. I because I didn't watch it a lot when I was mm-hmm. younger, but I did watch it and I don't remember much about I, it at all say, other than his like, blue and yellow outfit. Weekly. It was um, blue and yellow, right? And, and his yes. coat. Mm-hmm. I have been watching a lot of it, and uh, as I, as you know, I've been texting you about the early 2000s flashback that is Static Shock, mm-hmm. and Ransom has been watching most of it with me. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's been enjoying it. Um, my sources this week, Wikipedia, fandom, I think I used one of DC's websites, but who can remember? And then I also two articles... 20 years ago, Static Shock proved kids can handle political superheroes by Noah Dominguez and comfort cartoons, mature and electrifying Static Shock, and specifically the show, because I've read some comics, but I want to focus on that, and also I haven't read enough comics to really get into that. So, Static Shock is an American superhero animated television series. Classic Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. (laughs) Based on the Milestone Media slash uh, DC Comics superhero Static. It premiered on uh, September 23rd in t- the year 2000 on the WB Kids Network programming Back when block. WB wasn't the CW. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot completely about that. Mm hmm. I thought you were going to say back when it was, like, not a bunch of, like, weird little dramas, but it definitely was back yeah. then, too. Buffy was on this WB. And all of them. Yep. Charmed, I think. Mm-hmm. It ran for four seasons with 52 half-hour episodes in total. And the show revolves around Virgil Hawkins, an African-American boy who uses the secret identity of Static after exposure to a mutagen gas during a gang fight, which gave him electromagnetic powers. And it was the first time that an African-American superhero was the titular character of their own broadcast animation series. Do they give him a location? Yes. uh, It's Dakota, which is a city. I don't know where. In Dakota? 
one of the Dakotas. I don't know what that's even like. I hope not. Dakotas are an awful place. Yeah. Not sorry if you live there. It would be Don't live in the Dakotas. I don't think so. It, it seems, okay. you know, like like Chicago or one, you know, a metropolitan type city. Okay. But yeah, so it was the fifth series of the DC Animated Universe, and the series was produced by Warner Bros. Uh, from a crew composed mostly of people from the company's past shows, and also with the involvement of two of the comics creators, Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cowan. Um, a side note, Dwayne McDuffie was an American comic book writer... And he also wrote for a couple different animated series. Uh, so Static Shock, he wrote for the Justice League Unlimited, he wrote for Ben 10. And co-founding and pioneering the minority-owned and operated comic book company Milestone Media, which focused on underrepresented uh, minorities in American comics. Um, specifically African-American characters in comics, he said you only had two types of characters available for children. You had the stupid angry brute and the he's smart but he's black characters. And they were always either colored this either Hershey bar shade of brown or a sickly shade of gray or purple. And as we've talked about before with this Hershey bar shade of brown with hair color. It's rough. It's not a real color no. for natural things. Nothing happens like that. Also, gray and purple? Come on. People. Yeah, I know. Gross. Yeah. Uh, there was no diversity and almost no accuracy among the characters of color at all. So in the early 1990s, uh, wanting to express a multicultural sensibility that he felt was missing in comic books, uh, McDuffie and three partners founded Milestone Media, and it was basically uh, the industry's most successful minority-owned and operated comic book company. McDuffie also explained, if you do a black character, a female character, or an Asian character, then they aren't just that character. They represent that race or that sex, and they can't be anything interesting because everything they do has to represent an entire block of people. Uh, Superman or Lex Luthor isn't all white people, and we know that. Um, so they knew they had to present a range of characters within each ethnic group so that they wouldn't be just the one. Yeah. Like, yes, excellent, A+. plus. Milestone had a bunch of different characters like that. Static is uh, probably the most well-known one. McDuffie's work on Static Shock placed him in the circles of the animated series, so he was able to become a writer and producer for shows like uh, Justice League, Teen Titans, and Justice League Unlimited, and Ben 10, Alien Force. Uh, unfortunately, so uh, on February 21st in 2001, right after he turned 49, he died of uh, complications from emergency heart surgery. But he was a great dude, so RIP, very important and worth mentioning. Uh, so Static was originally developed for Marvel Comics, which I did not know. Yeah. Um, and would become the main staple of the Milestone line. When initially creating the first five characters for Milestone Comics, it was decided that Static should be a teenage hero sim uh, similar to Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, Static's civilian identity, Virgil Hawkins, was named after Virgil D. Hawkins, a black man who was denied entrance to the University of Florida's law school due to his race in 1949. The character's superhero identity was suggested by Christopher Priest, who um, developed uh, the Milestone Bible with McDuffie and also was the first black writer-editor in mainstream comics. And um, he made his professional debut in 1983 with uh, the Falcon miniseries. Oh, fine. But yeah, so he was like, uh, I think it should be Static because of the song Static by James Brown. 
So uh, the character was introduced in one of the first four titles of comic books published by Milestone in 1993. Um, and his early adventures were written by Dwayne McDuffie and Robert L. Washington, uh, penciled by John Paul Leon. Static Shock, in the cartoon, he's 14. Um, he lives with his older sister, Sharon, and his widowed father, Robert, in Dakota City. Question mark where that is. Okay. It's a city. Um, it's DC, right? So it's just some made-up city. Yeah. Yeah. I was just exactly. trying to get a feel for what kind of, like, mm-hmm. like New York City vibes. Which if he's, I guess if he's supposed to sort of be like Peter Parker, I'm guessing it's similar vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he attends high school with his with his best friend, Richie Foley. He's got a crush on a girl named Frida. He also has a dispute with a bully. That was my aunt's dog's name. Really? It was my grandmother on my dad's side's name. She had three legs. Oh. I'm guessing your grandmother on your she dad's side did not. And two arms. <laughs> and three ankles. <laughs> That's where it came from. <laughs> How dare. You never know. Yeah, crush on a girl named Frida, not probably a dog, or also my grandmother. <laughs> During the first episode, he has a basically tangles with this bully, Francis Stone, who calls himself F-Stop. Ugh. So uh, the leader of another school gang, Wade, protects Virgil sometimes, and he tells F-Stop to fuck off. And he says, but he can't be there all the time for Virgil. And then Wade asks Virgil to uh, join his gang, but Virgil doesn't want to become a part of it because uh, gang's gunfire killed his mother, Jean, in the Detroit riots. So I'm guessing they're near Detroit. Not Detroit. Dakota. Oh. I said that wrong because I'm dumb. I don't really know cities enough besides Boston. Where the fuck is Detroit? (laughs) (laughs) What scene is Detroit in? The fact that we both don't know this makes me feel better about my life. Hey Siri, what city is Detroit, Michigan? I figured it out. It's like one of those middle ones, but I'm not at all. Well, I guess it is middle, but it's top north, top middle, very top middle. One of those middle ones, but at the top. You know, like Chicago is a middle top. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, I have no memory of any geography. geography. was never my forte. I terrible at it. So uh, he doesn't uh, want like, to join Where the fuck this. is Iowa? Just middle in there. Ish. Just lumped in there. It's middle but lowish. Where the fuck is Minnesota? Yeah, all just lumped in those I middle think if useless. If you gave me a states. list of them, I would be able to put most of them in a good place. But I'm going to try that later <laughs> on some sort of an online quiz. And if I remember this, I'll tell you guys how okay. it went. I assume it goes poorly. We'll see. I'm like, um, some of them I could guess by seeing the state. Like, yeah. I know what Idaho looks like. Yeah. Yeah, the weird little L thing. Yeah, sort of L. Yeah, boots. I think there are a decent amount of them that I would be close. Where the fuck is Wyoming? That I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's one of the boxy ones, which all look exactly the same because they're just a box. What are the four that you can put? Kansas is one of those, and I think Utah. Okay, so that? that's kind of close to us. Yep. Utah's close. Yeah, I think it's like the literally the next yeah, there is okay. the, like four. Yeah, there's the four you that you can be in all four. Yeah, at the same time, yeah. we should 
do that. Okay. And it seems like it'd probably be a long drive, but not super long. Yeah. Well, we could just stay over yeah. in the hotel. That would be fun. Yeah, just to say we did it. Why not? Right. I've been to all these states, and now I don't ever have to go to and them now again. now I never have to go there again. Fuck you, Kansas. Possibly. Maybe my geography is that bad. <laughs> so, yes, Virgil doesn't want to join this gang because his uh, mom was killed in a uh, gang not gunfire. The de- not the Detroit. No. The, the Dakota. The Dakota riots. Riots. Detroit doesn't have anything to do with this. I'm just dumb. So uh, Wade tells Virgil to show up at the docks, and Virgil is afraid to say no, so he shows up, which is the most relatable thing. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, but he's 14. I'm afraid to do literally anything at 14. So uh, he shows Ew. up at the docks because he's like, I don't know what to do. Wade's gang ends up giving him a gun to show uh, because he's like, if you have to fuck with F, stop. And he's like, okay, he thinks about it, and then he throws the gun, or, yeah, he throws the gun into the river and hides as the police arrive. And as soon as the police get there, they start shooting. Uh, They hit some gas canisters, causing the gas to spread all over the docks. Virgil runs home, and the next day he discovers that he can control and manipulate electricity and anything medical. Uh, Medical? <laughs> and anything metallic. Oh. Uh, he goes over <laughs> to his best friend. are just going for it right bitches. now. Bitches, nobody has cancer. Everybody has cancer. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he goes over to his best friend Richie's house, and they like pick out a superhero costume and a superhero name for Virgil, resulting in the birth of Static. So the event where the police shoot this gas and then everything is the worst is later known as the Big Bang. And uh, as a result, a lot of different people end up with powers. And a lot of those people, because there were two gangs that were having a big fucking fight there, are gang members. So, you know, not ideal. Did they already do this in The Flash? (laughs) There was a Big Bang and then a bunch of people had a bunch of powers. Oh, Flash came, I mean, the show of the Flash came after Static, so. Isn't that how Flash got his powers? I thought he got his powers because, like, some sort of dumb chemistry shit, which I well, assume. Well, it was chemistry shit that led to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. Anyways, go for it. I mean, dumb chemistry shit is, like, <laughs> literally. How do you get your powers? Dumb chemistry shit. I fell into these chemicals and somehow this happened. Or I breathed this smoke and somehow. <laughs> it's true. A good thing happened instead it, of me yeah. getting cancer. Um, you just get cancer in real life. Yeah, that's how that goes. It's a bad time. Uh, the gas also gives others in the area their own powers, so anybody who's, like, in that area and breathes in that gas gets fucking powers. And the mutated people become metahumans known as Bang Babies, and their mutations apparently spread out to other people around them. Weird. Uh, what are you gonna give me? What What am I, I gonna get? Am I gonna get, like... She turns into jelly sometimes because I don't want that. Am I going to get healing powers? Because that would be sick. Uh, Some of them get like a superhuman ability or deformity. um, And the event prompts most of the stories in Static Shock. Uh, In most of the episodes, Static is working to either thwart or assist one of the Bang Babies in like... I hate that. Oh, absolutely. It is my least favorite thing. I don't like to say Bang Babies. I hate it. It's the worst. 
I don't know. It doesn't do. I hate it. It makes me uncomfortable. We're on the same okay. fucking boat there. And it's the hatred boat. So, uh, Static's powers are he uh, has the ability to create, manipulate, and enhance electromagnetic energy. He can independently operate various electronic devices. He can, like, point at a fucking phone line and use his powers to call somebody and stuff like that. It's it's DC fucking science. What are you expecting? I thought it was, like, electricity. It's electricity and also magnetism. I don't know if that can make phones call people. There's a lot of dumb shit in I phones. don't think Magneto can just be like, call so-and-so. He has to ha- hold hands with Thor, and then he can. Maybe Thor could, but he doesn't understand I phones. I don't think that's helpful. Phones don't even, like... No, they don't even work like that at all, because cell phones. When, you're, when your electricity went out, you could still use your phone. It depends. Unless it was a cordless phone yeah. because the base had to be plugged in to give your phone a charge. Mm-hmm. But if it was a wall phone, the only way you could make it not work was by cutting the phone line. That's why murderers did it all the time. Oh, right. This is why you know this fact. Ah, it all makes so much sense now because of murder. <laughs> You fucking goon. Yeah, I don't know what the science is behind it, but I assume if Thor and Magneto hold hands and kiss a little bit, then they can call somebody on the phone without a phone. (laughs) The kissing is involved. Um, God but damn yeah, it. No, it, it's a, he can control electricity and magnetism. He can also generate. Uh, and that also Thor. means Nora and Piera could kiss and also call people on the phone. That's fine too. <laughs> Read my fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all get together. <laughs> They're for- all gay. <laughs> yeah. They actually so Magneto and Thor are calling them. <laughs> That's actually the only way it works is if they can call someone else that is also magnet and thunder and kissing. (laughs) Are you a gay magnet thunder pair? Because we have a job for you. I hate this. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Um, or they can just call static shock. But anyways. Static shock has it down on on his own, I guess. Um, but yeah, so he can also independently uh, operate electronic devices, which some of that sort of thing makes sense because he's like, bam, you have power now instead of plugging you into Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The phone thing is silly. So could Storm make out with people too? Could Storm make out with Magneto? She wouldn't. As long, she well, better. she wouldn't, but hypothetically. Storm dumb. <laughs> Storm knows better and is good at telling people no. Which is one of my favorites. Oh, I would love to see a compilation of that. And what about Lorna? Can people make out with Lorna? (laughs) This is... I might have found Martha's new kink. Yeah, it's very specific. (laughs) Well, fuck. That's terrible. God damn it. Yeah, and then he can make metal levitate, which is why he can fly on the static saucer. And it's uh, the first invention that Richie makes for static when Richie gets his, like, brain powers. You know, he gets really smart all of a sudden. Bam. And he makes a bunch of stuff. 
uh, but he makes the static saucer, which is, uh, it's made out of mylar, which is metalized nylon. You know what fucking mylar is. Balloons. Because of the balloons, exactly. Balloons. Um, but it's really, really strong, apparently. It's just really, really thin, which I did not know. Well, I mean, those balloons do stay inflated for like 14 you days. You have to cut into them. Yeah. If you're going to try to or suck put the a straw. Out, no, you can made. put a straw in there. Also that. Martha just likes destroying things. Brittany likes to save them because you can reuse marlar balloons. Marlar. <laughs> I know, I struggled with that sentence. It's fine. <laughs> I got it out. That's my brand of Marlar. <laughs> Bye, my Marlar. Marlar, Marlars. Oh, no. All right. But yeah, basically, it folds down and is really, really flat. And then he hits it with a static, sh- uh, an electric charge, and it unfolds into a saucer so that he can swing around on it. Not swing, but fly. fly. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, and then uh, he can mentally tune into police transmissions, radio stations, and make calls without using a normal phone and without making out with anybody. What I hate Don't. this. <laughs> that has to do with, like, frequency, not fucking, like, <laughs> I hate any it. any of the fucking people at DC know how phones work? You're right. It's the same reason why no one knows how magnets work. Fucking Adam literally jumps through phone lines. That is not a thing. Like, you think this is dumb? The Adam gets small and jumps through the phone line. That's, yeah, that isn't a thing. Yeah, but he does it. Yeah. Yeah, so don't complain, because he could be stupider. Uh, although McDuffie stressed that the show remains loyal to the spirit and tone of the comic book, uh, some changes were done because of the time slot and the target of its audience of preteens. It's rated fucking Y7. Virgil is younger in the animated series, and guns appeared a lot less frequently. Also, Richie is not explicitly portrayed as gay. Uh, and he is instead of Frida. Hold on, though. Because rewatching it, I was like, oh, he wasn't. And then I read this comment by Dwayne McDuffie, who said it'll never come up in, on the show because it's Y7, and also it was the year 2000. I was going to say, and it and was also a it was long the year time 2000, ago. And they didn't do it. But as far as I'm concerned, Richie is gay. The way I dealt with Richie's homosexuality was to rate him as aggressively and unconvincingly announcing his heterosexuality whenever possible. <laughs> and literally, I because I was like... Because when it was like, he's not explicitly said is gay, I was like, I got very gay vibes from him. And then I read this, so I was like, mm-hmm, that's why. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's like him being like, ooh. It's like lesbians' up. forehead touching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two girls that aren't related don't touch foreheads unless they're gay. Yeah. Or trying to headbutt each other. Or trying to hurt each mm-hmm. other. But still, don't headbutt someone that hurts. It's still a little gay. <laughs> and it's still gay. I'm just saying. Also, yeah, so Virgil in the comics is a little older. Virgil in the animated series is a little younger. And his costumes and use of power are different from the original. And also his mother is dead in the show, despite the fact that she is alive in the comics. Uh, the latter change was done because the producers had the attention Because they like Disney. Uh, focusing on a strong, complex relationship between an African-American father and son. Uh, nevertheless, 
McDuffie was concerned that the, about the change because uh, he originally had intended to oppose the stereotype of black people not having a complete nuclear family. Family? Family. Oh, I said nuclear, okay, and then I fucked up family. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ugh. Um, but it ended up working out okay because the absence of Virgil's mother um, let them create some really great stories. And uh, Virgil's father, for all intents and purposes, is a brand new character as he was reconceptualized as a social worker. The same goes for Richie, who is uh, basically an amalgam of different characters from the comics. For the villains, uh, so F-Stop gets Big Bang powers. That are, like, fiery because he has, like, goofy fucking fire hair. So, of course, he does. And ends up calling himself a hot streak. I fucking know. And hot streak was from the static comics. Edwin Alva is, like, the capitalist who was creating all of this gas in the middle of a fucking city where it could have been exploded at any time. Because rich people do dumb shit because they're dumb. It's true. And that was brought in from another one of Milestone's uh, series called Hardware. And then the group of bad guys, the Metabreed, was created specifically for the TV series. The third season of the TV show saw some of the biggest changes. Uh, Richie got new powers. As I said, Richie immediately uh, now got passive exposure to the bang gas and get super intelligence. So he makes like a super powered backpack, which he refers to as backpack. And all I can think of is backpack, back, yes, backpack, backpack. It was like backpack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then he takes on the superhero named gear and becomes Stag's full-time partner in crime fighting. Uh, Right hand man. (laughs) Uh, Wink. In addition to Rishi's superpowers, and uh, they also got a new uh, new opening. Static got a new costume, and the um, it was a little bit darker. You know, as dark as any like fucking well, no. So now it's just darker blue and like gold. He's got a, his shirt's black, and there's more black incorporated in it. But yeah, it basically was there to represent a growth of the character. Because the characters were maturing, they were able to explore some of the darker places in uh, his world and have more varied conflicts And as the villains became more mature. He described it as a natural outgrowth of all of that. Um, He, this is McDuffie. So yeah, so uh, the growth of the show followed the uh, second season premiere, The Big Leagues, when Static meets Batman and Robin. There's a lot of, like, good um, guest stories with Batman Beyond and the Justice League and regular types Batman and Superman, and they're all very, very fun. So they were like, okay, we'll go in that direction, but they still wanted to keep, like, it's still very lighthearted. Static is still making a lot of jokes about shit. Richie gains his superhero powers because it was becoming hard to fit him into the story, and the producers wanted to keep the chemistry between... And uh, they were gay. Voice actors... Lamar and Jason Marsden. So, also, this is uh, Phil Lamar, again, coming into, like, a fourth of our episodes, because he does so many fucking voices. Sir, keep doing what you're doing, because you're amazing. That's all. And then, yeah, all the focus groups that they asked were like, yeah, that looks good, because we like these characters. 
we do have some sort of latent gay thing because we are small children. And we know when people belong together. Uh, the series music director was Richard Wolf. So for the action sequences, uh, Wolf wanted to use real adrenaline pumping beats. Of... I remember zero of the music. It's pretty good. It's very I'm fun. sure. I yeah. just, I remember none of it. So there's a lot of, it's basically a lot of electronica with some like hip hop, hip hop type and hip top, hip top tape. Uh, with some hip-hop type and DMX type vocals over it, and then R&B and old-style hip-hop melodies were used uh, depending on some of the scenes. And then later, starting in the third season, they had a new opening theme written by Master P and Little Romeo, and performed by the latter... I was just I literally was gonna say I forgot Little Romeo exists. Oh, absolutely. I was like, oh yes! This was a thing that happened. Uh, Static Shock's episodes handled a lot of different (laughs) issues, including gangs, gun violence, homelessness, bullying, racism, mental illness, bigotry, and drugs. Uh, And then other episodes featured the subject of Hanukkah and Christmas celebrations. So there's, yeah, the holiday episode, it has a lot to do with this girl who is homeless and has mental illness because of... um, because of being homeless and also past trauma. But it's also Virgil being like, I have to go to these 300 different fucking holiday things for all of my different friends, and I have too many plans, and I'm also lighting the tree as static and this and that. And I was love like, it's awesome. to go to all my friends' holiday shit. Yeah. We need more diversity. Erin! Yeah. I was going to say, uh, any friends who are not just Christmas people. And not that Christmas isn't great, but yeah, yeah I want to do your traditions too. That's so fine. Uh, yeah, no, it's like, I would like to be invited to 12 yes. different parties and they're all different, like, completely I don't even know, vastly like, yeah. different traditions. And I want to, like, exactly, I want to learn. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? Why is this fun? Can I eat your food? Can I eat your food? I'm sure it's amazing. Ariel is Jewish. I'm going to make her invite me to our Hanukkah Thank shit you. this year. Listener Ariel, because she listens sometimes. Does she? Yeah. Aww. She said she'd make me pan- like the, 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 like potato pancakes. Yeah. Hockeys. Oh, yeah. They're so she, good. Apparently that's her like specialty. So that's one of the episodes. And then the series was also marked by several crossover episodes, like I just said, with Superman, Green Lantern, the Justice League, and Batman Beyond. Um, and then also several episodes featured guest voice actors. I know you know most of these because I texted most of them to you and was like, <laughs> oh my fucking God, are you, are you fucking with me? So there's, I wish I could remember the name of the the basketball. There's these four basketball guys and they have a superhero it team. giving me stupid Scooby-Doo vibes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. When Same they have all the, yeah, yeah, all the guests. But it, it's literally like a basketball guys and they are a superhero team also. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then Shaquille O'Neal is in one episode as, you know, they're all as themselves and he's fucking huge and helps Static like take on some people just because he's, he's very, huge. very big. Yeah. Musicians such as the B2K group, Lil Romeo, who has in the episode 
he's doing a music video and um, he wants to dress up as little as uh, fucking static. So they make him a static costume, you and know. then he gets kidnapped because somebody thinks that he's, they're going to steal Static's powers. And he's he like, was I'm totally so for this. Episode. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, he wrote the fucking song for it. Yeah, so and then like, like, I want to be static. He was like, I'll write the song for it, but you have to put me in episode, <laughs> and I want to dress up as static. <laughs> I want to be in static. You know, he has a, a static costume in real life in his closet. I please wholeheartedly and if you this. don't i'm ashamed of you and if you do please tell us please pics because post some pictures make my so life awesome. so good yeah uh also backstreet boys aj mcqueen is on one episode that's another episode where i was like are we trying to really say that richie isn't gay because uh they're talking about the two Two of the girls are talking about how the Backstreet Boys are cute and blah, blah, blah. And Virgil and Richie are, like, making fun of them about it. And then uh, Richie says something about, oh, didn't AJ just grow grow a new beard? Doesn't that look great on him? And then, like, passes it off like he's doing a making fun thing. And I'm like, gay! (laughs) (laughs) Homosexual! I'm just saying, (laughs) sir, you're not subtle. (laughs) You'll have to when you rewatch it. You'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> and so Static Shock was an extremely, extremely popular, extremely, extremely popular, extremely popular, extremely. It was extremely popular. It got a <laughs> renewal for the second season just a month after its debut. Uh, as of December 2000, it was the highest rated preteen show among all networks on its time slot. And uh, the last season was only surpassed by uh, fucking Pokemon. And the reruns were only surpassed by Family Guy. But it was ultimately canceled due to the low production of associated merchandising. So basically, Static Shock didn't sell enough toys, which, like... Oh, it, it looks like they didn't give them enough opportunities say, to make toys. Even probably give them good toys. No, they didn't. I was looking at, there's a, literally a list if of If I don't have a they, toy that automatically dials like, my phone, what the fuck are you doing? A fucking, like, McDonald's thing. Maybe, there were so many things that you could have done for this. Like, the merchandising would have been so easy, and it looks like they just cut them off at the knees, and that's why. But it was, like, getting four stars out of five in its last season, so... Bullshit. Also, it's pretty bullshit that things can be canceled just because their toys don't sell. Yeah, that's stupid. But I guess that's like a thing. Yeah, shocking our fucking... Capitalism. Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Is the worst. Yes. Uh, so what set Static Shock apart from many of the children's series of the early 2000s is that, much like the original Milestone comic books, it was unapologetic with its social commentary. Uh, the comics were aimed at a slightly older audience, so the show did sort of have to tone things down to be more kid-friendly, but not by much. And it's not like other comics don't occasionally touch on those sort of things, but Static very consistently did. And it wasn't just a show with politics in it, it was a pol- uh, like a political show that was also like a superhero show. But it was also for kids. Yeah, the first episode is just like, is he, it's like him having to deal with gang violence, but also having to deal with being a high schooler and all that fucking shit. And that's a lot to deal with. Um, and then yeah, I'm so glad 
we're not, I'm not in like school anymore. Oh my like God. that, like, ugh. it's just your You're whole so fucking life and it's awful. Yeah. Like now, whatever you like go to college and you just go to your classes and yeah. you do your thing. But like, then that's like all it is. Like you have no, that's it. That is it. It's your whole life. It's fucking awful. And if it sucks, then it sucks. It then your whole sucks. life fucking sucks. So uh, the ninth episode of the first season, which I was like, God damn, so early, uh, is one of Static Shock's like most famous episodes, uh, which is called Sons of the Father. And basically Virgil is like, Rishi, why don't you ever invite me to, over to your house? Why do we always hang out at my house? Turns out, uh, so he invites him over and uh, Rishi's dad is a racist piece of shit. Ew. He's, yeah, talking about, like, your type and this and that, and uh, Virgil gets out of there and goes home, and Richie runs away. But how many cartoons do you know that actually tackle racism, and actually tackle racism, but not with, like, a blue person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they never really sugarcoated things like that. Um, the Frozen Out episode, which was the Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, everybody gets a thing, but also dealt with... Um, parental neglect and mental illness and the realities of homelessness. Uh, There's an episode called Jimmy where it's talking about bullying and gun violence and survivor's guilt. Virgil goes to a psychologist and like has to talk with them about why he feels bad that he didn't stop something from happening. And then you get to see like a, there's a flashback episode where Virgil gets to go back in time and talk to his mom the night that she was killed. So it was a, a huge powerhouse of a ch- uh, children's television at the time. Uh, the lead character has uh, since returned to the screens thanks to uh, projects like Young Justice. And also it was like, I mean, a lot of people who watched it at the time, it stuck with them. And it's like kids deserve to be like carefree and young, but also deserve to see the world that they're in. And also like a lot of, kids face these issues and should be able to see some sort of a mirror of themselves. Mm-hmm. The series writer, Len Uly? U-H-L-E-Y. I have no idea. Len Yu said, arguably said it best. If we want our audience to identify with him, Virgil must inhabit a world that at least partially reflects reality. Even its unpleasant aspects. Even if it's only a cartoon. He told Toon Zoon. Toons? <laughs> Toon Zone. Toon Zone! In 2002. Uh, if we avoid issues like the loss of a loved one, or bigotry, or school violence, or drugs, or you name it, then we abandon the rich storyline possibilities that are at the heart of the series, and we ignore the unfortunate facts of life for a lot of kids in this country, and we insult the intelligence of our viewers, none of which we want to do. So, uh, Static Shock is on HBO Max. You should go watch it. It's super fucking good. The season three theme song is pretty stellar. Thanks, Will Back, Romeo. back, back, back. Fucking <laughs> everybody! Of the myriad pop culture podcasts, there is one that blends in with them all. Flying under the radar, nagging at you at a subconscious level. Nerd Bliss, where four hosts from the Deep South and anyone that can get to appear for store brand coffee and corn nuts talk about science fiction, pop culture, current affairs, and more. You can find us at nerdblisspodcast.com or on the ESO network. Nerd Bliss. 
It's one word. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. So this is a topic I planned on talking about for a while now, and then we didn't podcast for the month of July, so here we are. So today I am talking about Yelena Balova. Yay! Oh, my baby. Baby. So yeah, so the plan was to talk about her when the Widow movie came out. No worries. But then we didn't podcast. I had some like timely (laughs) things, so I was like, I'll just do them at some point. Yeah, so here she is now. She's coming now. (laughs) My sources today are Marvel.com, Wikipedia, Comic Vine, Fandom. I didn't read anything because I... Did not give myself enough time. Because instead of doing it last night, I sat on the couch. Hey. And had a dog. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Another thing that happened recently when we went and saw the fucking Widow movie and I pulled out my poor Taskmaster. <laughs> I pulled out, because for some reason I have a Taskmaster figure in, in my car. car. For no reason. His sword had already fallen off because it's like the lead figures, which are really heavy, yep. but also like Because they're made of lead. Mm-hmm. Don't put them in your mouth. Don't, Don't eat put them. in your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, so I whip him out and I'm like, here he is. And then his arm wasn't there. And then Brittany <laughs> was like, I think I'm going to like him better now. And I almost shouldn't actual break. <laughs> An iron your brick. A lead brick. stupid type. I, can't, I don't know what my problem is. It's really hilarious and i guess we can't say anything about it because my type is a weird magnet electro <laughs> me sandwich stop making one our people that are super badass and hot and fucking hot mm-hmm. i don't know what you want i'm from sorry me. that i probably sat on taskmaster and like <laughs> crushed his arm off of him and now he's hotter to you <laughs> that's just what you're gonna do to all my boyfriends isn't it <laughs> She'll think it's hotter. What what side aren't you dominant on? Like, hi, I know you're asleep. What's your are you righty or lefty? <laughs> Tell me quickly, because it's gonna matter. <laughs> <laughs> God fucking damn <laughs> Okay. Elena Belova has both of her arms, everyone. Mm-hmm. She's still hot though. She's so fucking hot. And I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Miss Yelena Belova. Or Black Widow, another one, because I have obsessions with them. Black Widow ghosts. Yes. So, fictional character from the Marvel Universe, just like Natasha Romanoff, she was a captive of the Red Room and became a Black Widow agent. Her first appearance was in Humans 5 in March of 1999. 
her creators are Devin Grayson and J.G. Jones, and she appears in 99 comic issues total. Oh my god, only? Well, yeah. well I guess that's... I, I know it's sense. like it's a lot, but at the same time, it's not for comics, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like, so Carnilla's in like, probably like 50 or 60. Yep. Which is still... Like, you know, she's yeah. a very small but she's character. But she's been around for a while, since right? Since Yeah, so this, well, Yelena's only been around she's since new. 1999. Oh! Yeah, she's a baby. Yeah, she and Static were around at the same time. Yeah. She had less dated shit, though. So technically, Yelena She wasn't is, wearing one of those chokers. ...is younger than us. I'm okay with that. Uh, like Natasha, her abilities are peak athletic condition, extensive military martial arts and espionage training, a.k.a. she's a super spy assassin. Though as far as I can tell, she's not enhanced with any form of super soldier serum like Natasha is. She's known to stand at about 5'7 with blue eyes and blonde hair. So Yelena Belova is the second modern-day Black Widow after Natalia Romanoff. So, after Natalia Romanova, was it, um, she is the post-Soviet Russian spy. And just as mentioned, she debuted briefly in Inhumans Volume 2, Number 5, and was fully introduced in 1999 Marvel Knights miniseries Black Widow. A second miniseries, also titled Black Widow, and featuring Natasha Romanoff and Daredevil, followed in 2001, which then led into her own solo miniseries that was three issues long, also titled Black Widow, also known as Black Widow Pale Little Spider. And this was under Marvel's Max imprint. So in June to August 2002, the writer Greg Ruka... And oh, yeah. Artist, um, I knew that he writ- written some of this because I fucking love. He's very, very good. Yes. Yeah, so he wrote the three. It's just a three comic series. And good at coming in and being like, hi, you gave me this character with literally no character development. And I'm going to give you a character that's fully built. Mm-hmm. The artist was uh, Igor Cordy. And it's a flashback story of her uh, becoming the second modern Black Widow and um, it's preceding her in human appearance, and this is where we actually get to finally learn who Yelena Belova is. So at age 15, Yelena was chosen as a candidate to become the new Black Widow, and this was when Natasha Romanova uh, was no longer loyal to Russia. So um, she trained to for roughly a decade under the... Here's a bunch of Russian names oh, that boy. we're going to go through now. Okay, fun. Pyotr, let me see. Star, yeah, Starkovsky. Yep. I don't. I can't say that word. I have definitely read something by <laughs> this person or something in this. Vasilievich. Yeah, Vasilievich. Something like that. But Pyotr mm-hmm. Starkovsky. We know. I can Pyotr. say that because yes, good old Pyotr, Pyotr Rasputin. Yep. At the Espionage Academy, just the red room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Espionage yep, Academy, where Natasha was trained. <laughs> During her time in the Black Widow program, Yelena scored excellent on her uh, test and actually was the first one ever to score better than Romanova. Damn. Though the fact that Natalia was ended up graduating four years younger than Yelena was always pissed her off because, you know, competitiveness. Mm-hmm. 
And this is essentially where the rivalry story began, even though they had never met before. I was going to say, I don't know that, but you do. Yeah, I do, because I'm a competitive person. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you win. I'm going to go take a nap. That sounds great. (laughs) So issue one, um, Yelena is informed of Starkovsky's death. Uh, Val Dabrova, Dabrova, yeah, Mm -hmm. and Maxim Kushikov. Um, Most of the time, it's like just how it's spelled. Yeah, it but it just like takes. A bunch it's of, not word. It's not well, letters we put together, so it takes a second. Exactly. To say it right. You kind of feel like you have yep. to have an accent for it. <laughs> he is of the Moscow Criminal Investigation Department. They were already investigating the case, but Yelena was like, "Screw this, and I'm gonna investigate it myself." So she assigned the autopsy to Captain Anzehlika. H and L's normally don't come after one another in our language. Medvedes am an associate from the Red Room and then entering someplace called the Fabrica. She was taunted by someone named Nikki, who is the mistress and the owner. Nikki. And this was where I don't know who Nikki is. I, I just know. <laughs> My girl Nikki over there. Oh my God. She was then led to meet Petra. So Petra, she met this girl named Petra and ended up being completely shocked because she was staring at a mirror image of herself. All right. So unbeknownst to Yelena, as she grew older, Starkovsky became obsessed with her and paid another woman, Petra, to don Yelena's costume to satisfy his desires. Can we so not? Gross. Like, can so every, gross. like, gross <laughs> Literally, man like, in the charge of the Red Room? Because it's always some gross bleh, fucking man bleh. who wants to fuck some probably person whom he met when they were very underage. Yes. Always, always. Yes. So gross. Blurred. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's gross. Oh, God. I hope he gets his justice right. He's already dead. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's issue one. Issue two, Nikki explains to Yelena that her mentor was basically obsessed with her and wanted to fuck her and Ugh. made this person look like her so he could gross. God but, bless Nikki for being like, girl, let me tell you. But Nikki's like, don't worry. Petra is harmless. Just let her do her do her thing. But meanwhile, Petra breaks out and goes and kills some people. Turns out no. Turns out! Nikki, you were not wrong. So great. Nikki, why didn't you know? <laughs> so she assassinates that Maxim Kushikov guy. Who is the criminal investigator who is oh, investigating okay. the case? I already forgot about yep, him. Yep, it's fine. He's really unimportant. He did, he only looked an issue. He's already dead. He, only one issue, and he has appearance of one. Sorry, only one issue. That's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Continue <laughs> and kills her, and then Petra ends up assassinating Dobrova. Yelena and Nikki discover the bodies, and this is where they find out that Petra actually lost it and became psychotic, and she was the one that actually killed Skarkovsky. Which, I mean, girl, he did make you, you know, your face look like, not that Yelena Blova isn't beautiful. But also, like, that's real fucked up. That's real fucked up. Murder that fucking dickhead. He deserves it. I would have murdered him. I'd murder him right now, but he's (laughs) fictional. So they all get into a fight, and Petro takes down Nikki pretty quickly. So Yelena 
still not really sure how she feels about everything is like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you and get vengeance, even though he was gross. Yeah. Ew. But she ends up killing Petra by breaking her neck. I'm assuming with her thighs, because that's my fantasy. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not going to say that it wasn't the first thing that flashed through my head. Because that would be a lie, and it wouldn't even be a good one. After she does this, this is when she finally accepts her role as the new Black Widow. Though she's unaware that Nikki's actually Captain Lubyev of the main intelligence. Dick Tarar. Dick. Is it Dictator? Dictator? Dictatorial? That just sounds like a directorate. Also, I just made up the word dictatorial. <laughs> Is that like a pictorial of dicks? Yes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but, what um, else would it be? Yeah. <laughs> it's my fault. I just got stuck on the dick part. And I'm like, I kept saying it. I'm like, that's an R, Brittany. There's, there is a C, but it's later. It's not yet. Your R word has to come first. And then you're over here. Dick, 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 I'm like, nah. <laughs> Oh, no. I think dictatorial has to be a, a button. It just says dictatorial. And then there's a lot of, like, blurred pictures. Yes. Oh my god, yes. I'm unhappy about <sighs> it. Me fucking too. But I'll wear it. Me fucking too. <laughs> and yeah, so this bitch orchestrated all of it as basically so, Yelena's graduation. Nikki? Nikki. Alright, so now that we have a little idea of our baby and bad, bad. Uh, and her story. And her story, we'll get into a little bit more about her. Let's see. So she's a fully graduated widow, and she's eagerly ready to prove herself better than Natasha and establish the sole claim to the title of Black Widow. So apparently, unlike in the MCU where they're just like all these Black We've Widows, that's not how it is. They're you not just only... all these Black Widows. It's like a high there's end Natasha end. and then there's Yelena. <laughs> there can only be one. Yes. And they only made Yelena because Natasha was like, fuck you guys, Later. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yelena interfered with Natasha's quest for the Deathless Frenzy bioweapon held by terrorist Colonel Khan in Rapistan. So Yelena sought to secure the lethal serum for her superiors and to eliminate her adversary. But Natasha's experience of superior planning enabled Natasha to outmaneuver her young opponent and complete the assignment in her own fashion, slaying Khan and destroying the entire supply of this deathless frenzy. Bam, bitch. (laughs) Yelena pulled a gun on Natasha, but for whatever reason, she's like, this actually isn't the fair way to do it, and I want to beat you fair and square. So she lets her go. I mean, I guess it's like, you just beat me, so shooting you will just make me look like a dumb bitch. true. (laughs) Like, I don't want to look petty, I want to look like a winner. (laughs) I get that, but also, looking petty will get the thing quicker. (laughs) And I am petty. It's true, you are. Mm. (laughs) I'm fine with it, obviously. Did you see my petty face I just made? It was horrible. 
<laughs> I felt it. I didn't see it, and I know. I know it was horrible. All right. So a new baddie appears. Mm-hmm. And Natasha working with Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. on an operation called Operation Validate. They were working in a parking garage. Yeah, it's real fucking shitty. So, Yelena. Please validate uh, my parking. <laughs> I would like $2 off, please. So, please validate. Please. Please. I'm here. So, Yelena was captured by some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Oof. And it ended up being Natasha Fury and poor Matt Murdock, who's always dragged into shit because it was Matt bad Murdock, why choices. Are you here? Because Natasha dates him for a while, and he's like, you're real hot, even though I'm blind. Yeah. We're both hot redheads who are bad at choices. Oh, this is true. But I'm bad at choices because of religion, and you're bad at choices because of trauma. I mean, it's both trauma, but like... <laughs> Different kinds yeah. of trauma. So... This is where they surgically swap her face with yep. Natasha. That's where I started reading about Yelena. Yes. Because they had the whole, like, weird thing with Deadpool. Yes. So. Also, well, ugh, that's so yeah, creepy. It's, it's really creepy. And, like, they did it for a reason, but it's still really fucked up. Yeah. Did they, was it okay with Yelena or was it? No. I didn't think yeah. so. Yeah. So, she's, like. Wandering New York with somebody else's face in shock, but it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's Black Widow's face. I'm yeah, pretty sure they're just like, so she's the, just Natasha yeah. and yeah. and Natasha's Yelena, which is fucked up. But at yeah. the same time, I would also be like, could be worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, like, yes, but it's still real fucked up. It's it's a very like they could have given you like a goosebumps mask face. Yes. It's true. It's true. It could be like in um, the, Goosebumps. the episode. It could be in Goosebumps. It's true. The episode of Twilight of Zone. Twilight Zone where they put the masks on. And then Goosebumps when they later copied wow, Twilight wow, Zone. Wow, wow, wow. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So anyways, that's not what happened. They swapped pretty faces. But non-consensually, and it was fucked yeah, up. Yeah, and it was real fucked up. So, Yelena... Yeah, Shield is, is a fucking really nightmare. Not like, they're really not the great. They're very, very gray, and they can yeah. get very dark gray a They're lot. a dark gray, and also they're part of the government, which means that we cannot like them that much, even though yeah. we like their outfits and mm-hmm. some of their people, mm-hmm. and to be part of their party. Yes. They're better than Hydra. Yeah. At least they're not Nazis. <laughs> they're not Nazis. <laughs> We've got that going for it. <laughs> Low bar, but they passed it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Mm. Shit. Yep. Okay. So, Yelena is literally losing her mind and struggling to maintain herself and her identity. Um, Natasha uses Yelena's face to dupe Yelena's superior, Yuri Stelienko. Into revealing his plot to steal nuclear weapons hidden in the Hudson during the Cold War. The two widows do end up teaming up and bringing him down, but the resentful Yelena ends up attacking Natasha, who does try to explain to her that she did want to teach Yelena that espionage wasn't just some game, 
and that spies are not heroes, but tools to near just be used for nasty business. Well, that's really genuinely yes. fucked up. Though. Also, pretty sure they talk about later the like face swapping technology yeah. they like, have, like with the little like not actual like the holograms. Well, and they have the like the fucking like life model decoys are old hat yes. at this point. Elena does learn this lesson, but she even so she's feels very violated. She does well, yeah. actually compare it to a rape of her identity. And it, that lesson is basically, you're not a person, you're a tool. Yes. Which is sort of what Natasha was going for. Like, if you stay in the life of the Red Room, this yeah. is what you are. But it was not the right way to do it, like, Natasha. Yeah, no. You should know that this is yeah. the wrong way to teach someone this yeah. terrible fucking <clears throat> lesson. So they do reverse the process, but Elena ends up returning to the Red Room no yeah, I wouldn't be like, I'm gonna yeah. join you guys now because uh, face swapping yeah, is my jam. She loves face off in real <laughs> life, but uh, no, definitely not any closer with Natasha. Um, mm-hmm. But she is, even though she returns to the Red Room, she is much more wary of the situation. So turns out everybody sucks. Turns out everybody's Trust awful. No one so ever. So after all of this, Yelena's like, "Fuck this shit," and she leaves the life of being a spy. And for a, for a short time, she begins a career as a lingerie model. Girl, yes, yes I literally have yas, girl. Oh my god! <laughs> and she actually owns a lingerie empire that turns over a half a mil a month. A couple Damn. of softcore porn channels in Moscow, homes in six different countries, including Havana. Softcore porn. Yep. For housewives. Yep. Thank you. Not <laughs> uh, a housewife, but you know where she helps keep female workers safe, uh, female sex workers safe, and distributes medicine. Medicine. To those affected by AIDS, because she is a queen. When you said medita, I thought you were going to say Mediterranean oh, food no. for some reason. <laughs> she gives out Mediterranean <laughs> food to those affected by AIDS. Yeah, I mean, both of those things <laughs> are good. You could do both. <laughs> So in return for a place to stay, Yelena asked Natasha for some help on exporting stolen medical supplies from Miami. So to Natasha's surprise, she does find the medical supplies to be from Ginecon, G-Y. Gynecon? I guess it could be that. I hate both G-Y-N-A. I guess it would be gyna. Ugh. So it's just vagina shit? Yeah, apparently so. Um, and there it's is just vagina shit. <laughs> this vagina con filled with buttons. <laughs> she finds out that a woman named Sally Ann Carter didn't look her up. I'm assuming she's related to the Carters. Yeah, you know, was actually Why, taken so by many the mafia. Names. Why, Why would, would you, you read this? One? Yes, I don't know. Like I said, didn't look her up. That's fair. <laughs> I would have made that assumption because Marvel is like everyone's related, and if they aren't, if they are uh, because of time travel. Yeah, so I'm assuming she's blonde and a Carter. So yeah. I'm assuming probably she's like Sharon's cousin or something, something like stupid like that. She's she's been taken by the mafia, whoever the fuck Sally Ann is. Kestrel and Martin Ferris capture Natasha in Miami and attempt to alter her mind using drugs to find out what she knows. So with the help of Daredevil, they rescue Natasha and track and kill Kestrel and Ferris. 
and in the madness, Natasha learns that Sally Ann had been experimented on, but have escaped. Sally Ann is the worst name in the entirety of the world. Mm-hmm. Sally Ann. I hate it. Yeah, it's really bad. The All only right. person who can ever be named Sally is Charlie Brown's younger sister, and that's it. Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that too. That's different. <laughs> it's not different at all. <laughs> JK. It's literally the exact same <laughs> fucking name, and I'm just being stupid. Um, but Sally Ann is a bad name. All right, so Yelena's next little stunt was actually with the new Avengers. So she must have got bored of the whole lingerie thing, or she was making a lot of money and just hired like, someone for that just, shit. Yeah. And the Avengers were confronted by Elena and a rogue shield battalion illegally mining vibranium in the Savage Land. God, the Savage Land. I know. So they attacked Bring your buddy. <laughs> Let's be gay with dinosaurs. <laughs> this episode turned out way more gay than I was expecting it to be. So I know you just mentioned the Savage Land, but that's all I needed. It's Professor X and Magneto's fault. I always think of Savage Land, Bucky, and Steve. That's who! Like, <laughs> They're super gay. Like, that's canon gay. <laughs> There's a bunch of shit where it's like, we went to the Savage Land and, and now, now we're, we're gay. <laughs> best buds. <laughs> I punch you on the arm and then I feel your bicep a little and then I kiss your mouth. <laughs> and make telephone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Rip me, this is the end. Oh, shit. Okay, so, gay savage land. So they attack the Avengers in order to kill them, but I guess it doesn't go so well. And Sauron, uh, he burns. I I said he, but I have no idea what gender this person is. Uh, How is it spelled? S-A-U-R-O-N. Like, from, so that's the eyeball from Lord of the Rings, is fucking (laughs) Sauron, and that's how it's spelled. He intervenes, and and he burns a whole shitload of Yelena's body. Fucking J.R.R. Tolkien comes in, this eyeball (laughs) blinks at Yelena and is like, nah, bro. Let's look at him. What are you? I have. Are a you an eyeball, Carl? Carl Locus, Lycos, Locus. <laughs> it's not Locus at He's all. Not. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I know. Well, Lycos, Lycos. That's like a wolfy type thing, right? Well, he's a bird. Oh, he's oh. from the Savage Land. He's a pterodactyl. I forgot we were in the Savage Land <laughs> because I was just focused on things being gay. He's a mutated. I forgot about the dinosaurs. <laughs> the part of the Savage Land. What's that thing? Petrie. He's a mutated Petrie. Yeah, he's a terror. That P is silent. Oh, it is. Like no. pterodactyl. Pterodonodon. <laughs> There's only one D, so I gave it an extra one. Yeah. Pteranodon. 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 Monique, I'm sorry. We're going to have Monique as a special guest just to correct our awful... Monique just comes on and is like, stop talking shit about fucking dinosaurs. (laughs) I'm like, I just want to talk about the fact that every person who goes to the Savage is is pretty gay. I'm just saying. Uh, Okay, so that happens. And poor Yelena is really badly burned because apparently as a mutated pteranodon, he can blow fire. I 
don't know. I could have completely made that up, but I assume. I mean, honestly, it sounds right on the money. It's the savage land. It's really dumb. (laughs) So she's in the ICU because she's really badly burned. By Sora on the eyeball. By 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 Sora on the pterodactyl eyeball. Not pterodactyl. Pteranodon. Isn't that a pterodactyl? I don't know. Yeah, because it's the same Terra. Pteranodon. Why is there two names? What's the difference between a Tronodon and a pterodactyl? The fucking Savage Land, and oh, he has like human that's leggies. It? That's what. That's the difference. He can walk around like a person, and I think he Monique probably has. Monique can't be like, mad at us for not knowing how to say Tronodon if it's not a real thing. It's very fair. He, <laughs> he has like pecs and shit. Like <laughs> you know, he's like not a furry, but you know, he's definitely something that a furry would like get off to. Maybe I don't know. You can't like be, that can, sort of shit. Can furries be feathery? Yes, I have no idea. <laughs> I cannot. This say. is not what we know. We don't this know the land of furries. Furry is not our jam. It's not my expertise. No. Anyways, Yelena, she's in the ICU. They're not in the Savage Lands anymore. Oh, she's God. in the ICU. She ends up meeting this mysterious person. And is offered a way to take revenge on what happened to her and to eventually kill Spider-Woman in the process. Oh, they have a weird nubbin. (laughs) Normally I like nubbins. I don't like a nubbin on a pterodactyl. I like nubbins on dogs. Not so much on pterodactyls. Nubbins, I don't even like saying that when I'm referring to pterodactyls. It suddenly sounds gross on my mouth. We're gonna have to post pictures with this episode. God damn it! I'm gonna have to remember. It's a pterodactyl nubbin. I'll just save it right now. (laughs) Oh, I'm mad about it. You started this. I did because I really needed to know. (laughs) Are you okay over there? That mouth was a mouth of shock, of disbelief. So. Toronto is a real thing. Ah! I knew it was a real thing. I knew how it was labeled. It was like a mutated Toronodon, and it made it sound like it was real. Toronodon is a... a Monique is literally rolling over in her grave, even though she's still alive. Toronodon <laughs> um, is a, a genus of pterosaur uh, that um, included some of the largest flying reptiles with wingspans over seven meters. They lived during the Cretaceous period. Blah, blah, blah. You made me feel dumb, and I was actually correct. (laughs) Oh, the worst! You were the dumb one. I just figured it was some gay (laughs) savage shit. Alright. She's offered away to get revenge, and to eventually kill Spider-Woman. Why is she getting revenge on Spider-Woman? No, she's not getting revenge on Spider-Woman. She's getting revenge for being burned half to death, and this person also wants Spider-Woman dead for some reason. Okay. So this mysterious man, he is like, I have a bunch of AIM scientists. Mm -mm. I can make you not be burned half to death. And I can make you more powerful than all the other Avengers. So... Months later, but just prior to the wedding of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, Yelena attacks the Avengers in their tower, and the new power of the Apatoid makes her mostly unconquerable, since she has the new ability to host every power she has been attacked with. 
bitch. Right? So she's like Taskmaster, but like. But like with abilities. Yeah. Can Taskmaster do abilities? No, he can just. Well, yeah. he can do what he's, what he's seen. But he can't like shoot lasers out of his eyes. No, if Scott shoots lasers out of his eyes. No. But I'm pretty sure she he could do that. He can do every do like fighting style yeah. you've seen. And so if you watch, like, like a TikTok yeah. movie, he could. A TikTok Which is, movie. I literally <laughs> just said that. I'm a thousand years old. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. If you watched a TikTok movie, he could do a TikTok dance. <laughs> It wasn't even that he did a TikTok movie, which was bad. You're like, I am 1,000 years old. I mean, <laughs> it is totally fair. Like the worst vampire who's like, a TikTok movie. <laughs> did you see my TikTok movie? <laughs> We're both very bad at vampire accents. <laughs> We've learned so many things in this episode. It sucks. None of them are good. I hate learning things that aren't about the things that we're trying to talk about. Because most of them are just things that I should have talked to my therapist about. <laughs> but I will vehemently ignore. Nope. None of that. So, um, yeah. So she's getting attacks and using them abilities sick so um she can have electronic magnetism she can make phone calls without a phone all right she's getting these magical powers because she strengthened herself by century century (gasps) oh yeah i mean he's got like bonkers powers so that's fair that's where she's getting it but she's also weakening herself by taking in void's powers yep that's the problem with century he's got both He's, oh, oh, someday I'll do a Sentry episode because I feel like that's a really interesting story, even though he's kind of a goony character. The end. It was a good story. He's <laughs> on my list. Um, so. My alphabetical This list. mysterious man, who I'm not sure I ever find out who he is, because I don't Norman think I ever Osborne. looked. <sighs> I'm assuming. Though he comes into the play later. <gasps> what? Um, this mysterious man behind the scheme, the scheme. Like, Yelena, I guess you can't kill Spider Woman. So he presses some remote failsafe button and, like, explodes her. (laughs) Bummer. Except it's okay because she turns up alive later. And she's working with the superhero Black Ops team Vanguard, but was again forced into hiding when the team disbanded. After the scroll evasion, Norman Osborn approached oh, hey, Yelena buddy. when she was stealing from the abandoned oh, shield facility. I, I know where that's going. So, but it actually turns out that this Yelena was actually Natasha and was disguised under Nick Fury's order to infiltrate the Thunderbolts. However, apparently Norman Osborn knew this all along. And yep. I did an all caps a huge fucking eye roll and used her to strengthen the bonds of his thunderbolts and lead him to Nick Fury and Songbird to be executed. Natasha and Songbird managed to escape and Fury was revealed just to be a life model decoy. 
Osborn decides to awaken the real Yelena, who apparently had been kept in stasis in the Avengers Tower. Why? I don't know. I didn't look that up, and it wasn't in my synopsis that I was reading. She was later recovered by AIM, who invited her to join the High Council of the Minister of State in the newly... No. But you're obsessed right now. He's the only their new person in AIM that I give half a fuck about. <laughs> and it's only because he's very weird. Um, in their newly formed state of Barbuda. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it says. I, I'm not saying anything. This is Marvel's <laughs> fault. So during the rescue mission in which the secret Avengers tried to rescue Mockingbird from AIM Island or oh. Barbuda... I don't, I don't Barbuda. Know. <laughs> yep, it's a U. It is very much a no, U. No, I'm, I'm it's just, um, they're like, oh, well, you know where we want to go? Barbados. And somebody was like, I actually want to go to Bar- Bermuda. And they were like, pass that ball. I'm just going to throw my fucking water bottle. On but actually, face. did you not think that's immediately when you heard Barbuda? <laughs> Fuck those assholes. All right. They're on AIM Island, and Yelena intercepted and fought the escaping Mockingbird. During the fight, the two of them fell behind a metal gate, and then upon emerging, uh, Mockingbird was shot by an AIM operative. The secret Avengers took her body and escaped in a submarine, only to discover the deceased (laughs) Mockingbird was actually Yelena, whose belt contained a hollow camouflage device that Mockingbird had sneaked into during the fight. As for right now, and what uh, what's going on with Nelena, she's actually currently listed as deceased in the world of comics. Officially, Friends Secret Avengers Volume 2, Number 15, released in 2014. Mm. I'm almost surprised that they haven't brought her back yet. Since Especially with the death fucking... means nothing in comics. See episode 12. Bam. And, oh, um, look at you looking up episodes. <laughs> And with her new surge of popularity from the Black Widow movie, I, I'll be surprised if she doesn't pop up again because of that. Yeah. Well, and also Marvel's like, we're not great at keeping people dead. Mm-hmm. So um, she can be found in other media other than just the comics, as mentioned above. She made her big debut in the MCU and the Black Widow movie. And she's so fucking cute. Uh, what a, like, babe. So adorable. So oh, great. So great. And then she's also been in a bunch of cartoons. Yelena Belova appears in Avengers Assemble animated series, and she's voiced by Julie Nathanson. She's introduced in the third season of Avengers Ultron Revolution as the second incarnation of Black Widow, followed by Baron Strokers reactivating the Red Room and Winter Soldier programs. In the episode Seeing Double, she is sent to abduct Bruce Banner and brings him to Strucker's Siberian base so he can transform him into Winter Hulk. However, the current Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, intervenes and fights Belova after learning of her involvement in Strucker's schemes. She returns in season uh, in uh, the fourth season of Secret Avengers Secret Wars, calling herself the Crimson Widow. Ooh. And she's in multiple episodes that season. And then she's also been in multiple video games. So Yelena Belova's Black Widow suit is available as an alternate costume for Natasha Romanoff in the PlayStation Portables, or PSP, because people can't just fucking write that out, version of Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. She is also the Black Widow that appears in The Punisher No Mercy, though the version is a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is 
Yelena Belova. Yelena mm-hmm. Belova or the Dark Widow appears as a mini boss in Marvel's Avengers Alliance, and she also appears as a mini boss and an unlockable playable character in Marvel Puzzle Quest. Additionally, the MCU version of Belova was added later to that. And then her Black Widow suit is also available as an alternate costume in Marvel Heroes for Natasha. And then finally, Yelena appears as a playable character in Marvel Future Fight as part of Black Widow's film tie-in update. So she, even though she's only been in, nine, which, like I said, 99 doesn't seem like a little, but in the world of comics, it yeah, is, it's very, it very, very few. few. But she did get a few of her own things. She nope, pops in. She has been dead since. So she was only around from 1999 to 2014. That's, she's been yeah. dead since 2014. A small chunk of time. Yeah. My guess, I'd be very shocked if with the resurgence of her in yeah. in the MCU and how well it's doing and that how, she would like, much that they well, left and, it kind of open. Well, and now that, especially with the MCU, because the comics will, since the MCU does so well, the comics will slightly go in the way that the MCU is going and because they're playing on the popularity of it. Unfortunately, Natasha Romanoff is dead in the MCU, and Black Widow is going to be Yelena now that it's already known. So it would be very weird if the comics didn't bring Yelena back in some way. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so everybody, thanks for joining us again. You can rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please do. It will definitely help us on out. Thank you for the over 2,000 downloads we have. I'm really excited about that. Yes, you can find us on Spotify. We're also on the ESO Network and on Podbean. And as always, I guess we won't see you next Tuesday, but we'll see you next, next Tuesday. Where the fuck is Detroit? Where the fuck is Iowa? Where the fuck is Minnesota? Where the fuck is Wyoming? Dictorial. Dinacon? Dictorial. Vaginacon. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.